Welcome to Invited Dress, a series of radio plays developed by artists in intermission. This week, we bring you God Hates the Gays by Xander Brown. This episode was directed by Britt Burke. Be sure to stick around after the reading when our creative director, Aaron Roberts, sits down with Xander and Britt to talk more about this project. And with that, Invited Dress presents... God hates the gays. God hates the gays and other daily affirmations by Xander Brown. People are mostly layers of violence and tenderness wrapped like bulbs, and it is difficult to say what makes them onions or hyacinths. Eudora Welty. Dinner, Saturday night. Father Asmodeus's house, open on Brother John, sitting at dinner with Father Asmodeus and Sister Lilith. It is their Saturday night. The dining room is spare and barren with only crosses and little portraits of biblical figures dotting the walls. John stares steadily at a portrait of Jesus on the wall, eating slow, steady bites of his mashed potatoes and peas. That is the entire meal, mashed potatoes and peas. Father Asmodeus is on his phone, trying valiantly to zoom in on Google Maps as Sister Lilith hovers behind him. I had it a minute ago, the Google roadside view. You can see it like you're driving a car. Have you asked Siri? Ask her. Say, excuse me, Siri. I would like to see you Now it says I'm in Peru. So... Regardless, Brother John, our work is cut out for us. It will be a true David and Goliath story. Our little congregation will finally have a home. Our hip and happening downtown home. Right in the belly of the beast. A true Jonah and the whale story. There are all sorts of sadistic, lascivious dens of debauchery sitting mere steps away from St. Cuthbert's Catholic Revivalist Fellowship House of Grace and Worship. St. Magnus's Church for Fellowship, Grace and Worship has a nice oh, ring to it. Magnus? Cuthbert was a man of principle. If you're still hung up on that, may I resuggest Margaret the Virgin? She was a good Noah and the Ark kind of story. Well, then everyone will think we're virgins, Lily. Father Asmodeus. I mean, uh, I love to congregate with the pure of mind and body, but uh, maybe we shouldn't lead with that. The People's Church. Of? Of nothing. The People's Church. It's already one of those in the Lower East. One of those hokey, multi-denominational cesspools. A name like the People's Church will cast a wide net. Isn't that our goal, Father? Mr. Lilith? A true fisher of men story. I like it. It's not very traditional uh, and so vague. Isn't it our goal to break tradition, to break these false traditions? To reclaim the word, to teach his lessons as they were meant to be taught? When you came to me two years ago, you told me you wanted to see an awakening in this city, a revelation. Respectfully, Father, you can't do that without a sizable congregation. 
and I don't believe you'll attract a sizable congregation to St. Cuthbert's Catholic Revivalist Fellowship House of Grace and Worship. Oh, you have been nothing but successful thus far, Brother John. You have brought more young people into the fold than I have in all my years, in all my churches. And so diverse, a rainbow of fresh virginal blood flooding my pews. Our, our pews, for the Lord. I have no reason to doubt you, John. The people's church for the people's man. The people's man. The, the steeple people man, the steeple man for the people. There's something there, I think. Asmodeus is now standing behind John, a paternal hand resting on John's shoulder. With his other hand, he scrolls on his phone again. Asmodeus has finally pulled up Google Street View and thrusts a feeble fist into the air, triumphant. Ah oh, oh God, oh, here it is. Look, right on Christie Street, our new home. On Christie Street? Where on Christie Street? All three of them lean in to look at Asmodeus's phone. What's that bar right next to it? What's that say? Oh, that's a nasty club called The Sack. A little speakeasy of sin. (laughs) Fascinating. Hmm, Never heard of it. Over at The Sack, Monique sits slouched alone at the bar, looking out at the sweaty bodies of a hip crowd moving to a live jazz band. She's lonely and verging on desperate. She slurps through a straw at the bottom of a nearly empty rum and coke or rather just a bit of rum because she's not trying to go too crazy tonight and was just wondering if she could get a little discount because maybe there isn't too much rum, but it's okay, that would be a stupid thing to ask a bartender and it's just $7. Really? Seven? Maybe a discount wouldn't be ludicrous. Evan approaches Monique timidly. You're very pretty. Sorry, what? Your bone structure, it's... Uh, you're very pretty too. Don't you hate jazz? Monique chokes on an ice cube and coughs. Oh, wow, okay, um, I am the Heimlich. Just gonna relax your diaphragm and I'll get my arms through here and- Evan wraps his arm around Monique's rib cage and squeezes. No, 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 I'm okay. I just- Monique retches. The ice cube plops onto the bar. Evan plays with it nonchalantly. Oh boy. I've done it a million times. Don't be embarrassed. One time, one of my boys got a chunk of lamb stuck down there. I think I had a piece of ice, like, just sort of rock it up through the straw and have my throat sort of open, so... Good technique. Uh. (laughs) A drinking technique, drinking technique. Oh, God, not like sucking on a penis. That's not what I meant at all. Rachel! Rachel! Oh, 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 I think that's my friend. I gotta go. Uh Aha, so your name's Rachel. I believe that's Hebrew for innocent lamb. Yep. Or no, actually, but I gotta go see her, so I just... Could I get your... Hyacinth crosses the dance floor, shoving people out of the way and yelling Monique's name as she goes. Monique? Monique? Yes, you. Who else would I be talking 
too, you dirty hooker. We call each other that. It's like our thing. Monique, don't ignore me just so you can chase another hot piece of ass, you insatiable cockmongering mega slut. Hyacinth, what are you doing here? Is Baxter with you? Oh, he doesn't know I'm here. I just needed to get out and dance. I guess we had the same idea, huh, Monique? I think you have the wrong person. This is Rachel. Hyacinth looks Evan up and down. Unimpressed, but amused. Monique, you have to introduce me to your new beau. So handsome. Your name's Monique? And mine's Hyacinth, like the flowers, the pretty ones. Well, my but my friends would always call me Rachel when I was little because it was easier to pronounce. And we had this big joke about how it looks like Rachel, uh, Rachel Ray. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you never told me about that. Who would have known? I guess some people just really, really like to lie. Don't do this, Hyacinth. <laughs> oh, I love a woman of mystery. In fact, I'm pretty mysterious myself. I mean, fun little tidbit, nobody really knows what I was doing the night of December 17th. That's so cool. That sounds like a pretty big, meaty tidbit to me. That's your favorite kind of tidbit, right, Monique? Monique stirs her ice cubes, wishing she could disappear. Evan stares dumbly at Hyacinth. You know, I can tie a figure eight on a munter hitch in a cherry stem. Isn't that a sailor's knot? So you're a sailor? I love myself a seaman. She means ejaculate. <laughs> she loves male ejaculate. Guilty. Why don't we go back to your place and I can show you how I like my ejaculate. Mm. Oh, sorry to steal him from you, Monique. I know you would have loved to get some dick tonight. We kissed, Hyacinth. We kissed one time. I just want things to go back to normal. I want us to be friends again, and I told you I'm sorry. Like, I said it again and again. And at this point, you know, I don't know what else I can do to make things normal between us again, because you know, Hyacinth, you know that our friendship and your relationship with him too, they're stronger. You know, they can stand a little kiss. I don't give a shit about that. You have a boyfriend? Ew, no. Baxter's not my boyfriend. We've just been kind of hooking up for a while and we're keeping things kind of physically open, <sighs> but emotionally we're more committed, you know? Yeah, of course. No offense, but that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. You like someone, you get up the balls to make it a real relationship, right, Rachel? Or Monique. Why are you asking me? That's the problem with women. They play with your feelings and talk about labels and... Real catch you got here, Monique. I'm sure your lord and savior, Pastor John, would be so proud. Hyacinth pushes Monique's empty cup off the table. It hits the ground and shatters. Hyacinth stalks off to the other side of the club to angrily dance so that Monique can see how much fun she can have without her. The bartender hands Monique a replacement drink. Back at Father Asmodeus's house, dinner has finished and John and Lilith are preparing to head out for the night. You two stay safe out there. The Upper East Side is very dangerous after 10 p.m. Covered by the blood, Father. Guard her womanly purity now, you hear me? She is more precious than jewels. Lilith, almost imperceptibly, twitches. Proverbs 3.15. Very prudent of you, Father. I'm sure God's grace will guide me home safely. Good night, Father. I'm looking forward to your inaugural sermon on Sunday. Absolutely. Thank you. Good night, Father Asmodeus. 
Lilith and John step into the night, Lilith closing the door firmly. They walk briskly towards the subway. I'm sorry, Heavenly Father, but purity my ass. And mine as well. If that old font were in the pulpit again, why, we would make blasphemy atheists of this whole city. Amen. I'm grateful for you taking up this post, Jonathan. I really am. You are going to bring big changes to the church. I can feel it. Thank you, sister. I can see it now. All those lost, confused young souls with their mollies and vodka, sodas, and uppers and downers and poppers, with all their silly genders and sexualities and dyed hair and painted skin and skateboards, all streaming out of their Saturday night sin pits and stumbling into our pews. Our pews. God willing. And you their shepherd. Oh, brother John, we will do wonderful things without number. Job 5-9. Exactly. Ah, you are so refreshing, Brother John. I feel that I can speak honestly with you. Always. I'm going to call an Uber. Would you like to come over for a little tea and scripture? St. Marusa is gone all weekend. Perhaps another night, Sister Lilith. I'd like to walk a bit, clear my mind, plan out my first sermon a bit. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Silly me. Silly me. If you'd like a second pair of eyes to read over anything, Without a doubt. Uh, Have a blessed night, Lilith. John turns and walks briskly away from Lilith, who mumbles to herself as she fiddles with her phone. Silly, sinful me. You're disgusting. You know that, Lilith? Filthy, philandering, philandering. devil is with you. Back at the sack. Why'd you kiss her boyfriend? That's kind of a slut move. I didn't kiss her boyfriend. I, I kissed... First of all, he's not her boyfriend. He's my roommate, and he hates me now, and he hates... Oh, cool. So she's just being a bitch. Jesus, shut up. She's dealing with a lot right now. Her consistent hookup isn't really there for her a whole lot. Jared has quietly appeared on Monique's right and slimily places his hand on her shoulder. Did someone say a consistent hookup who isn't really there for their whole life? Ah! Monique jumps up, turns around, and punches Jared square in the nose, spilling her new drink in the process. It shatters on the ground next to her old glass. Fuck, dude. Are you all right? Anything break? Just my pride. And maybe your nose. You want a napkin or a couple of tampons? Jared has a medium flow of blood pouring from his nose, but that won't stop him. I never say no to a tampon. Yeah, just take them. She sprinkles an assortment of tampons onto Jared's lap from her purse. Looks like someone knows how to have a good time. Who the fuck are you? Jared Fogel, DDS. The D stands for dentist. I bet the second D stands for dick. Uh? Dick sucker, uh, dentist dick sucker. It looks like you've had quite a bit to drink tonight, cutie. Need to use the restroom? Yes, daddy. Dummy. Dumb. Daddy, dumb. Evan hurriedly shuffles to the bathroom, confused by his newfound feelings. Looks like your shoes might stain. It's okay. It was just coke and these are my clogs. Oh, you don't drink? Well, there was some rum in it, but not too much. Mm. It's seven dollars. Did you know that? Seven dollars for a rum and coke? And the bartender gave me a little discount because I'm not looking to go crazy tonight. Like, no need to turn up on a Thursday. It's Saturday, sweetie. Oh. I suppose you could use more of this, then. Jared slides his drink over to Monique. Oh, is that just... Straight vodka, sweet pea, from me to you. I could use less, and it looks like you could use a lot more. (laughs) This is a fucking nightmare. Hyacinth! Hyacinth, can I talk to you? If you leave now, you might never see me again, sweet cheeks. Good point. Monique jogs across the dance floor to Hyacinth, her clogs slapping the ground with each step. A clog jog. Simultaneously, and 20 blocks away, Pastor John is walking quickly while texting. He pauses to register a troubling text, then breaks out into a light jog. 
Lord, quicken my pace that I may save a life tonight. He checks his phone again. Motherfucker! Back at the sack, Monique has found Hyacinth. Hyacinth is thoroughly drunk. She has a bad habit of sneaking sips out of strangers' unattended drinks. Oh, I didn't see you there. I was too busy thriving. Look, I'm sorry for yelling at you earlier, and I know you're angry at me, but there's a lot I'm of things- I'm not angry at you, Monique. Good. Honestly, I'm so glad you're here because there's this guy, this dentist guy. Oh God, not a dentist. He was trying so hard. It was hilarious. <laughs> As if he ever had a chance. <laughs> no. Well, he did have a chance. Oh, don't start this bullshit with me again. I swear I was into him. At least more than the first guy. I have an idea. Okay. It's a good one. Okay. Let's kiss. Hyacinth leans in quickly. Tongue first. Not again. Put your tongue away. You smell like a brewery. Come on. It's just a friendly smooch between friends. Stop touching me. It's a sin. I'm not like that anymore. I've seen oh, the light. Oh, sin. You don't sound very convinced. Pastor John said repetition leads to more sin. You only met Jesus like a month ago. I don't think he'll care. Pastor it's John just... says self-control is the Pastor key John to... this. Pastor John that. Well, I think you should unpasteurize the milk of your sexuality. On the street, Pastor John is jogging while using speech to text on his phone. Just got done, comma. They are signing a lease for the all caps shithole right next to the sack. Angry emoji, middle finger emoji, send. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. I just can't wait to see you. Cross emoji, hug emoji, send. No hug emoji? Dancing twin girls in cat suit emoji, send. Back at the sack. Baxter loves you so much, Hyacinth. I don't think you realize how much he loves you and how much you do have. And I'm sorry I got in the middle of that, but I'm changing. I'm finding myself, my real self with Pastor John because things like that can't happen again. They can't happen. We're not exclusive. I can kiss whoever I want. I hurt you. And I hurt him. I can't even remember his name. Who is that guy? Unimportant. That's what his name was. Unimportant hookup guy. Now, give me kissy kissy. Baxter was his name. Baxter, and he's a great guy. He deserves better than what I did. He still won't talk to me. And he got Sean to stop talking to me. I can't even hang out in my own living room without feeling like a backstabbing asshole. Okay, bullet number pointo uno. Baxter is a dog's name. Bullet point numero two, I kissed you. If it's anyone's fault, it's mine. And bullet punto numero tres, I love you, Monique Lewis. Don't say that. We're drunk. Yeah, I'm drunk and I love you. You don't mean it. You just need the attention. That's what I Pastor John said. He said, So you don't love me? I don't love you in that way because it's unnatural and it's not part of God's plan, but I do love you. I said, love all of God's creatures. <gasps> well, there you have it, folks. Now you may kiss the bride. Hyacinth stands there, lips puckered, eyes closed. Jared approaches the two, intrigued. Looks like this night just got a lot more interesting. Stop sneaking around! <laughs> Hyacinth is still standing, lips puckered, eyes closed. I'm waiting. You know, I was gonna leave, sweetums. I thought this ship had sailed. But now I see this ship just needed to pick up another passenger. <laughs> Jared Fogel, DDS. Fogel? Like the 
subway guy? The one you did this stuff no, to No, 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 just the same name. Well, in that case, sign me up. I love me a manly man. Don't you, Monique? Let's get this Nicki Minaj Lacroix started. Shut up. I mean, you should go. I'd rather stay here with Mr. Fogle or with Jared. You know, neither one sounds right now. You know what they say, two's company, but three's a party. Why don't you stay around, sweetness? I'm pretty sure it's two's a party and three's a crowd. Nah, it's one's lonely, two women is perfect, and three's the bee's knees. Did someone say bees? Evan pushes his way into their conversation abruptly. Jesus! Bees where? Oh, no, no, it's just that. I was a beekeeper in Honduras during the revolution. Why would you lie about something like that? Ladies, we're burning moonlight. Shall I hail us a cab and get us back to my penthouse on 51st? Penthouse? The 69th floor, actually. Oh, come on. I don't know. 69 sounds good to me. Oh, oh, oh it does? It really does. Oh, you dog. Oh, oh. oh you dirty pig. <laughs> You sexy stallion! <laughs> Evan and Jared are now firmly grasping each other's meaty tidbits. Oh, yeah, Daddy. Well, I guess we should get out of here, Monique. I don't want to go with you. Stop touching me. I'll stay here. Because you're clearly still in the heat of the chase with these two? Jared and Evan begin aggressively making out. Um... I'm sure that there are other good heterosexual men in this bar that I haven't yet what? had. You don't want to see the penthouse? The cab has three seats in the back for a reason, sweet potato. What a turn. Congratulations, Monique. You're a real heterosexual now. See you when I see you. Hyacinth gives Monique a spiteful grin and disappears into the now growing crowd on the dance floor. Aww. I guess I could come along. That's the spirit. I get the best of both worlds. Um, but it's just that. Yes. Uh, homosexuality is a, a sin. Dude. So maybe if you could each just focus on me, I think that could make it okay, I guess, if you take turns. <laughs> oh. Believe me. Yeah, I get it. I was a lesbian too for years. I went on dates, uh, did lots of, of things, lots of sinning with women. Oh, and I know fun. it's fun, mm -hmm. but the next thing you know, you'll be making out with your best friend's girlfriend in his own room and then lose all your friends. And that's not part of God's plan for us. And sexual deviants are just looking for attention. So um, if we could just have a three-way, I would appreciate it if you would join me on this journey of self-improvement and resist temptation. Thank you, amen. Monique is horribly embarrassed. Being a bigot is new for her, and it's taking some getting used to. I don't think we have the time to pull the aardvark out of your snatch, sourpuss. 69th floor. Oh, we'll go even further, dog. Jared and Evan clasp hands and fly out of the club on the wings of new love. God damn it! God damns you, sodomites! Good riddance. Monique sulks back over to the bar. Another rum and coke? Or maybe just a rum? Can I do just a rum? bartender pours her some rum. Meanwhile, Pastor John is running full tilt while yelling into his phone. is a virtue, period. I'm sorry you had a bad day, but it is in our darkest times that we must find the light. Cross emoji, wink emoji, Eggplant emoji send. Pastor John suddenly trips over a curb and stumbles. Jesus Christ! He looks down and the sole of his left shoe is fully busted. Back at the sack, 
A beautiful woman approaches Monique. Hey, bud. Do you maybe want to take Don't a... Don't you just hate jazz? Oh, it's Herbie Hancock. Asshole, have some respect. Ah, yeah, I was kidding. Oh. Sarcasm much? Please stop hitting on me. <laughs> oh, well, you were going to buy me a drink, and you're wearing oh. a wedding ring, so... I was going to offer you a breath mint, honey. You smell like a brewery. The beautiful woman walks away. Uh, adultery is a sin, so is being a little bitch. So have fun burning in hell, bitch. The bartender sets down another rum. She downs it. Meanwhile, Pastor John is haggling with a drunkard on the street. I'm offering you a $50 bill. How often do you see those, huh? And these shoes is Gucci Prada Venti Grande. Talk to me when you've got an $80 bill, Padre. <laughs> this could be my last chance. My, my last... $50 and I'll get you into heaven. Yo, wasn't there a guy with like 95 fucking reasons about why that was a fucking bad idea, little priesty boy? Pastor John pushes the drunkard into a pile of trash and starts trying to forcibly steal the shoes off his feet. Back at the sack, another beautiful woman approaches Monique. Hey there, wanna buy me a drink? No, I don't do that anymore. No, no, my bad. You've been staring at my rack for so long, I just assume. Well, do have a very nice rack, mm -hmm. and I'd love to motorboat it sometime, but <laughs> I'm trying out this new straight girl thing. You only fuck straight girls? Apparently I only love straight girls. <laughs> I've always considered myself kind of bi in that I could, you know, kiss a guy and sort of enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And at this point in my life, I haven't really gotten anywhere with women. In fact, it's been pretty actively bad. Like, it's hurt me, I think. Aw. You poor thing. I can make it all better if you want. Like my friend, Hyacinth. She's mostly dating one of my roommates and best friends, or used to be best friends, and they really do love each other, but sometimes she just needs attention, mm -hmm. or she needs affection, or I don't know, and she just needs something. So she likes to pretend she loves me, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like she'll kiss me or slap my ass, and I guess I like it. <laughs> well, I know I like it, because she's actually kind of hot, and I can't ignore how I love her and everything. I always have, and I guess I knew it would be an issue since I knew her boyfriend, not boyfriend, Baxter first, but it's easy to ignore when she makes you feel so good, you know? Rachel, Rachel, get over oh, here, Rachel. It's my friend. I have to go talk to her. She just doesn't get that when she does stupid shit, that it means something real to me. Uh -huh. Or maybe she does get it, who knows? Either way, I'm trying to focus on the hetero side of myself. So I found this church a couple weeks ago and Pastor John has been really helpful in showing me how beneficial it is to live a deliberate life where I make my choices, you know? Wait, are you a Scientologist too? I'm just babbling. Hyacinth isn't gonna know how to get home. She's junk off her ass. Monique walks out of the club and onto the street. It's late. She takes a deep breath and stares at the sky. Meanwhile, Pastor John is running again in his new shoes. He now has a glow stick crown and a little crop top. He flips open his little pinky ring and does a huge bump of coke. Back at the sack, Monique hears Hyacinth in the alleyway next to the club talking to Eugene. E aura, tango, punto, numero tres. I love you, Eugene Harnbolt. That means a lot, Hyacinth. 
Have you ever done Molly? Never ever. I want to so bad though. I got a couple taps off the DJ. I was gonna do it with my boyfriend, but he's been really weird, so. Ooh, boyfriend. No, not really. It's more like we've just been kind of hooking up for a while and we're keeping things kind of physically open, but emotionally we're more committed, you know? Oh my God, yes. I know exactly what you mean, Eugene. I have a boyfriend, not boyfriend too. It's so hard, right? It's like, I wanna just enjoy myself and enjoy being young. So I'm like, hey baby, let's go to a sex party in the basement of the sack. They have orgies down there? Yeah, it's chill. And like, he loves it. And we go almost every week now. But lately, he's been like, hey babe, can you not kiss anyone else? No way, that's insane. At an orgy? Exactly. He wants me to like, save my lips for him, which is like, stupid. Cause like, okay, I can fuck this guy, but I can't kiss him. I can't kiss any of them. I can only kiss your gross little chapped fish lips. Oh no. He's white. The whitest. He's a closet case too. Pastor John enters the alley as Eugene fishes two tabs of Molly out of his pocket. Dinner went so long. I'm so sorry, babe. I'm so... Is that Molly? Great. So now Mr. White Fish Lips is going to ruin my night. I only have two tabs. I'm sorry, Hyacinth. Monique has rounded the corner looking for Hyacinth and now stands at the mouth of the alleyway. Oh my fucking God. Do not use the Lord's name in... God damn it. What are you doing here? It's an orgy. There's definitely not enough Molly for you two. An orgy? Uh-uh, no. This is a friend, my friend, Eugene. And we're going to a party. A sex party, not a friend. Orgy? What the fuck? Oh, you guys are in for it now. She hates the gays. I don't hate the gays. God hates the gays. Amen. Okay. This is so embarrassing. Man shall not lie with a man. That's with a woman. He's gonna be on his hands and knees, not lying down. Don't worry. Eugene slaps Pastor John's ass expertly. Butter my brisket, oh baby. I'm trying to make new friends. Monique, can you get off your high horse for like a second? Hyacinth, that's Pastor John. Eugene's boyfriend, not boyfriend, is Pastor well, John. Not boyfriends. OMG, I prepared a piece just for this moment. <clears throat> I'll see you on Sunday, Monique. Sunday, yeah. You're not going anywhere. Sunday. I deserve answers. We'll talk about this at confession, Monique. We talk about my problems at confession, not yours. And how do you think that makes me feel? Hyacinth, can you please? I'm not dealing with this, I'm out. No, wait, I'll come with you. If you're going with him, I'm coming too. You can only walk. We get to watch. Whatever happened to living in his image? Whatever happened to the path, John? That was the Holy Spirit talking. In real life, sometimes you have to be flexible. Real flexible. How can you stand there and lie to me? Lie to yourself. Lie to the- Monique is near tears, and Hyacinth notices. It's called letting off steam. Monique, can you cut me a little slack? This could be my last night. My last Do you know how stressful my job is? How many people I have to- I have to- I, I have to- Oh, boo-hoo, you poor little stupid baby. No one forced you to be a fucking priest. Ooh, go off, Hyacinth. Yeah? Tell that to my parents. Tell that to my gosh darn divinity degree. Fuck your parents. Be a fucking barista. Fuck, I'm a fucking barista. You don't need a degree for that. I have a gift that must be shared. I have a connection to- to- He does another bump. <laughs> You're just selfish. You both are. Oh. You want the world to revolve around you so oh. bad that you- It's called self-control, and you can stand to use- It's called self-loathing. You're a masochist. I you are both 
spiritual masochist. You get off on making yourselves miserable. You're just angry because you don't- I'm not angry, Monique. I'm annoyed. No one gives a fuck that you're a dumb lesbo, Monique, even this priest bitch. Uh. He's just projecting his own issues on the whole entire world like the biggest selfish sheep fish in the sea. Your whole God thing is so boring. And you used to be, you used to be you. Eugene is now waiting impatiently for John by the door to the sack. Foreplay started 20 minutes ago, John. I'll be right there, babe. We can talk more later, Monique, but in the meantime, let's keep this between you and me. Fuck you, ugly. She'll do what she wants. Yeah, whatever. Goodbye, Pastor John. Pastor John joins Eugene. They pop some molly. You really aren't a very good priest. You get to live in a house next to the church. I'm not gonna come out of the closet to live in a closet. Eugene and Pastor John enter the sack. Hyacinth and Monique are left alone in the alley. Monique plops down on top of a pile of trash and lets some quiet tears run down her face. Hyacinth sits next to her. I'm, I don't even, I don't even know what a masochist is. I was just, you know, I'm sorry. Did you know I would get baked before church every week when I was in high school? I bet you didn't smoke. Maybe I should start again. I'm glad I bumped into you tonight. <laughs> bumped. Yeah, it was so lucky. I found you. What? You think I was going to let you go to the sack alone and get kidnapped and murdered? But then how did you- You posted a pic of the bathroom line at like 9.30 with the eye roll emoji? Was that not a cry for help? Wow. I guess it was. Whatever happened to the three-way with Subway Dentist Man and the beekeeper? You don't want to go home with them? They had other plans. And <laughs> besides, I met this really cool Scientologist girl who would be a much better bad decision tonight. Does this mean you're done with your whole self-improvement bullshit? I'm not giving up, but we'll see. You're way more fun when you're not hating yourself. Okay. Let's get the scientist girl and No, we... no, I was kidding. Let's just get you home. You're a mess. Oh, thank God. She probably wouldn't like that you're covered in puke anyway. Bitch. Hyacinth pukes into Monique's lap. <laughs> what a fucking night. Monique stands, shaking off as much of the puke as she can. She helps Hyacinth up. They look at each other for a second, Monique full of gratitude. Then Monique begins walking Hyacinth home, slowly but steadily. Did you know I tried to punch the bouncer when he didn't let me back in? I did not. Yeah, he was being a little dick. So I punched him in his little dick and then he threw me out. But everyone was laughing at him anyway. Oh God, he sounds terrible. They walk in silence a while. The only sounds are Hyacinth's heels clicking regularly and Monique's clogs steadily clogging. Give me a kiss. Monique turns to Hyacinth and kisses her gently, simply. Let's get your heels off. Hi everyone, my name is Aaron Roberts and I'm the creative director of Invited Dress and I'm sitting here with Britt, the director, and Xander, the playwright, and I'm so excited to talk to you both. This is a different kind of script than we've worked on before in that the scale of it is much grander. So I'm just, I'm very excited to chat with you. I'll start with you, Xander. What was the genesis of this piece? Like, where did this come from? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the scope of it because I wrote this piece originally about three years ago and it was much more pared down. It was really simple, just many fewer characters, just a lot less going on. So, so it was just kind of like 
tossed in the ash pile of plays that I have. But then my friend Mitali, she had a literary magazine that she just started about a month ago called Half Sour. So she wanted a submission from that. And so I got this play back off the ash pile, sort of dusted it off, edited it a little bit. I'm really happy with what we were able to put together for this. And I think it can go even further in the coming months, weeks, years. Yeah. Are you thinking currently about anything you'd like to grow the piece into? The way that Brit was directing it, the way these actors were, were performing it, it's just so fun, it's so quippy, it's so alive with energy, and there's some things I just really want to see happen. Like, I want to see Jared get punched in the face, I want to see, you know, a priest running down the street snorting cocaine. So maybe, like, turning it into a web series would be fun. Anything that can be done during coronavirus safely, obviously. Obviously. And speaking of Brit, our director for this episode, what was it like turning this very active script into a radio drama? You had a lot to contend with. It was very exciting. I think that the script has so much personality because Xander has a really specific, really funny voice for writing. And a lot of people who are working, actually I think everyone working on the show, all of the actors know Xander pretty well. So I feel like there was a lot of love and a lot of care taken with the language, which is a really great place to start from. And then it was like this weird thing of only having the words and needing to make them sound really good. So we talked about making it like ear candy and like not taking anything for granted and not thinking that your face could take over something that your voice wasn't going to do. And I think the actors did a really great job with that, with keeping everything energized. Because even though I'm, I'm trained in theater and in directing, but I don't know all the words to talk about your voice. So I'd be like, make that sparkly or punch that up. And I thought they all did a really great job jumping on board with us and taking everything in stride. I was really impressed with all of them. I was really impressed with the whole process. Yeah, I mean, I think every voice in the show, not just every character, has a lot of life and sparkle, as you mentioned, because even our stage directions, it's like a collaboration between the most colorful stage directions since Eugene O'Neill and like the fantastic vocal talents of our stage director reader, Chloe, <laughs> who was just giving so much life to those lines. Oh, incredible. Britt was the one who really had the best instinct of differentiating the voices as much as possible. So like giving Sister Lilith this like New York gravelly accent and like, <laughs> preserving Josh's great father as modious voice and giving woman one who's like such a small character but giving her that like southern flair it was fantastic and that was all Brit that was all Brit <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> well it's like you know how when you take a playwriting class they're like you should be able to tell which character is speaking without seeing the character name like they should all sound that different <laughs> I feel like you really do that like the characters come through really clearly and I felt like it was an easy job and an exciting job to service that by differentiating them and bringing life to all of them in different ways. Yeah, I think certainly. It's also just like, it's such an interesting piece to be listening to right now because it is about people having the wildest night out in a club in person and all of us are having the calmest nights in our own homes every night. There was, I think, one specific time, it was like after maybe the second reading, we were like, man, that was nice to remember what it's like to make out with strangers and get drunk and like drink out of other people's drinks. Just that's something we really haven't had in such a long time. But it's also like funny because the characters are so lonely. So it's like the loneliness of quarantine. You can see that a little bit in how isolated the characters are. When we were talking about this, we were like, I feel really nostalgic for New York and for going out and for being around people. And then we were like, this is kind of weird though, right? That all these characters came to this club alone. Like, would you ever go to a club alone? We were trying to figure out if we would ever do it. And I was like, probably before COVID, no, but maybe after COVID, when there's a vaccine, like we'll be so hungry for human interactions and for these messy nights. Like a lot of vulnerability. I feel like it's gonna lead to a lot of vulnerable moments. 
Especially, yeah, like at the beginning, it's kind of like drunken and debaucherous, but like by the end, you really see that there's real soft sides to a lot of these characters. And there's like some fleeting interactions that our main character Monique has that sort of indicate that she is trying to work through these things and like try different things with different people. And I think that's a unique in-person event that we just aren't getting as much right now. Those moments near the end that you're, I think you're kind of referencing the ones where like Monique is kind of having a therapy session with randos. Those, I feel like I based those entirely off of like my own, there's that thing where you're really drunk at a bar and it's sometimes the most cathartic thing because you can just talk and talk and talk to somebody who really isn't interested in you at all, you know? But like, it's just like, those are such funny moments that you don't get anymore. So we were talking about how Monique sort of interacts with all these people in like tiny snippets. It almost feels like those very New York-y shows, like High Maintenance or Broad City, where it's like, we meet a character very briefly and we just see a really nuanced portrayal of a really specific person. And maybe we don't stay with them for that long, but either way, you're sort of peeking into someone's personal life. And it's nice to see Monique do that, I think. And also to see Pastor John start to do that and to sort of just watch these characters unravel from exactly who we think they're at the beginning. Like, we think we know who Pastor John is. We think we get that he's this really great, gentle priest and then watching him totally dissolve very quickly is really exciting. I imagine that over the course of rehearsal, especially working with so many folks, that like there are things that get discovered about the play as you go along. We should give credit to Asha for, she said she loved how the trajectory of the play felt like a drunken sloppy night out, like starting out with a few drinks with your friends and it's fun and then it gets kind of messy and dramatic and impulsive and then you kind of have that calm down at the end of the night where you're tired and it's time for pizza and for getting home. And I feel like talking about that gave the actors a lot of freedom to be messy and to be sloppy and to make really big choices that I think it's hard to feel that freedom over Zoom, and I think Asha did us a big service by drawing that to our attention. It really guided us through the whole process. Well, I thank you both for allowing us to have, even vicariously, like a crazy night out on the town. And I, I can't wait to see where this goes. If this becomes a web series, I will absolutely subscribe. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to work on it. Thank you. We'll let you know. You'll be the first to know what, what happens with this dumb gay play. Thanks for listening to Invited Dress. This project is a culmination of volunteer efforts by actors, producers, and technicians. If you'd like to support our team, please consider donating on Venmo at Invited Dress. For more information on the episode and for ways you can get involved as an artist or a listener, check out Invited Dress on Facebook and Instagram. This episode was edited by Rachel Creedberg. Our creative director is Aaron Roberts, and our communications director is Emma Dumont. Our executive producer is Ben Fleischer. Special thanks to our graphic designer, Lauren Kleiman. God Hates the Gaze was written by Xander Brown and directed by Britt Burke. The role of Father Asmodeus was voiced by Josh Wilde. The role of Sister Lilith was voiced by Maggie Gayford. The role of Pastor John was voiced by E.B. Hinnant. The role of Monique was voiced by Asha Futterman. The role of Evan was voiced by Francisco Alvidrez. The role of Hyacinth was voiced by Casey Boykins. The role of Woman One was voiced by Lily Whiteman. The roles of Jared and the Drunkard were voiced by Xander Brown. The role of Eugene was voiced by Aaron Smithson. Stage directions in Woman 2 were voiced by Chloe Worthington. Thanks for listening to God Hates the Gaze by Xander Brown. 
I'm Britannia Turkan. Thank you for listening to Invited Dress.